0: Web design brings us here today. (laughs) Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. We are creative and independent entrepreneurs, and we're not crazy about the word entrepreneur. But we do like to earn a living doing something we care about. So if you feel the same, you are in the right place, Mr. Mrs., your hosts are, if uh, if we were Street Fighter characters, Corbett Barr would be uh, Ryu, strong, solid, sort of the one the whole thing revolves around. Hadouken, Caleb Wajik, he'd be Guile, tall, American, very intentional haircut. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be Blanca, an incoherent monster rage ball with wildly uncommon body hair. <laughs> In this episode, this is episode two of four in the email series. Last uh, last week, the episode was about setting up the foundation, the mindset, the framework for using email in your business. And this week, we want to talk about growing your email list, what you can do to increase the number of people subscribing to your thing. We cover a bunch, some technical bits, uh, like where to put forms, how to track things, etc., all the way through some conceptual and creative stuff, like what to offer and how to test which offers are working best. Uh, I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. And I got to tell you guys, I am uh, so damn calm right now. Still, in the background, I have got calm.com. <laughs> calm.com. <laughs> I just can't. I just, It's. I've never, it made so much sense when I was writing it down. And now that I say it out loud, it makes, it's just weird. But man, let's see what's going on right now. I got a brook. Looks like a wide sort of sort of brook going on with some fog, sunrise. Fog make sound? Fog make sound. <laughs> That's your Indian name. Uh, sorry, your Native American name. Fog make sound. <laughs> I am Caleb Fog makes sound. I hope that is not offensive.
1: Is it? What? Native American? I don't think so. Actually, I it's, just said, now it's First Nation.
0: I'm actually a 16th Cherokee, so you got that going for you. I don't believe you. Notice how I, I said you've got that going for you. Yeah. Yep. We could. We our podcast could qualify for a college sponsorship or a, a, whatever they call those things, scholarship. Right now, because I because of my Cherokeeism.
1: <laughs> Are we recording this? I'm
0: I'm recording. Are you recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rel, reluct, <laughs> re- reluctantly, <laughs> reluctant podcaster is reluctant. All right. Let's get our notes out, folks. Are you got you guys feel okay? What's going on?
1: You guys got a cocktail over there?
0: I'm good. I'm I I went for the uh uh the what is it the vermouth. Sorry, I'm so calm over here. It's really hard to think of some words when you need them. Uh, vermouth and soda, and I went for the Antica today. Oh, and it's definitely a, a step up. Uh, uh it, it's like it's like caramely. Mm-hmm. It's really weird the way that when you water down the vermouth, like a lot of times you know you do this with scotch or whiskey or anything. In, in tequila as well, you water it down a little bit, either by letting an ice cube melt in there or just adding some water to it. it gets so, everything gets so much sweeter, you know? Yeah. And so this gets really sweet and sort of like caramely. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just too calm. I can't even, can't even continue with thought. I'm, I'm turning it off.
1: That's cool. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> 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 All right, here's <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Caleb, what's, what's in your neck of the woods?
2: Uh, nothing. I am not listening to fog sounds today. No I don't. I don't need calm music today. No, I'm you need to calm get Okay. <laughs> what would you? What's the opposite of Brooks babbling?
0: Uh, I think it's Brooks just talking shit. <laughs> I think <it's>, Brooks. Just, <laughs> I think it's a New York street corner. A bunch of people named Brooke talking yeah, shit. Just, a, just a bunch of Brooks going. You know what? I didn't even like her. She doesn't even have good hair, and I told her that she did. <laughs> um some, sometimes you know, I you, you just gotta lay it, lay it out there. You know,
1: sometimes you, know? you do. And there you know? goes
0: our Brooke contingent. And there goes our Brooke <laughs> contingent. Sorry, Brooke. Um, okay, K- Corbett, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, so last week, uh, we talked all about why email is a good thing, how to sign up for an email provider, which one you might want to choose, why we've switched back and forth between them, all that kind of stuff. Today, we're going to talk about how to actually grow an email list. Because we convinced, I hope, that everyone, that they should be growing an email list. But we also talked a little bit about how if you just throw up a you know get updates box in your sidebar on your blog or something, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of people to subscribe. So the question is, how do you actually get people to subscribe? Mm. And we're going to give you some tips, but I'd also love, as we go along, for us to use a bunch of examples of other companies that we like that are doing interesting things with emails. Because... Um, You know, if if one thing is true, it's that techniques kind of get worn out over time to some degree. Mm, And, uh, you know, I'm always hesitant to say that this is what you should do because then everybody starts doing it and it loses its effectiveness. So it's cool to look at a bunch of different examples and kind of talk about what's working today versus maybe what worked five years ago. And then also to think about um, what's still true today that was true five years ago.
0: Yeah. So speaking of you know companies doing interesting things with emails, and then and and then everybody sort of starting to do that thing, uh, and then it becoming trite and sort of not nearly as effective as it could be, or maybe sort of washed out in that particular niche or industry. Um, the start blog that matters, like sort of expert roundup posts, Corbett, that you sort of christened with your with your knightly sword. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, it's like hey internet people who want to start a business here's something you can do and subsequent we still get emails from like people like scott dinsmore or chris ducker or others just like oh really i got a- Hey, hey corbett i got another email today thank you so much for your wildly successful startup blog that matters course which means that i get 10 emails a week of people trying to get me in their in their roundup post of things though fizzler david uh did you see the one that he put together recently i think we were all on it right uh who are you talking david, about david david moazis I, I can't remember okay. how to say his, yeah. his last name i'll put it in the show notes he did actually a pretty good one it was on personal branding um and uh it ended up being like i read through almost all of it it was long and you got a lot of people and so some those there's a reason why those emails you were talking about worked is because like the posts are actually kind of interesting they do grow an audience
1: They can. They can. But the problem is like when something's been overdone as much as that has, and if people don't know what we're talking about, basically, in a course that we had called Start a Blog That Matters, which is now part of Fizzle, you actually get it with your Fizzle membership. um, It's like a 90-day course on how to start a blog and how to grow an audience. In that, we recommend a bunch of stuff, and one of the things that we recommended for a long time was doing an expert roundup post to launch your site. So basically, instead of trying to come up with some sort of epic blog post yourself, go out and ask a really interesting question of a bunch of different people that have higher profiles than you do when you're starting out, and compile that into some sort of really useful resource that kind of you know comes at one particular interesting question from a whole different angle or from a whole bunch of angles and it can work and it did used to work really well. But now of course people do that all the time and it's lost its effectiveness. But like you said, with David, the blog post that we'll have in the, uh, in the show notes, it can work. And that's true of any of the kind of advice that we're going to give now or ever in the future. If we say something specific, you need to take that advice and put your own spin on it and try to make it unique for a couple of reasons. I mean, one is just so that it's more effective. And two, especially when people are giving you advice about how to reach out or contact other people, you don't want to just copy and paste some sort of boilerplate email, mm-hmm. You know, like especially if you're going to be trying to get a guest post or try to reach out to an expert or something, because it's immediately apparent that you copied something or that you're doing something that someone else told you to when you are one of 10 people that reached out to a particular person in the exact same way in the span of a month.
0: Yeah. And by the, and on that note, like of like getting in touch with people, uh, like for example, in a situation like this where you're like, hey, I'm putting together a blog post and I would love your thoughts on this, that, and the other. James Clear, I found a great uh, article that he wrote. Uh, I can't, I don't know how long it was, long ago it was about writing emails that get, you noticed by the people that you admire, like the big people, like the Seth Godins and Derek Sivers and a handful of people like that. And he had some really practical tips. So I won't get into those here because that's not what this episode's about, but I will put that in the show notes because um, there's some good tips and tricks there. Yeah. Hot tips, soft tips. Hot oh, tips. God. <laughs> I was editing the last one. I was editing the last. I, I'm just in the middle of, of editing the last podcast and. There's there are a couple different tears where we go on hot tips, rich tips, and soft tips. Uh, <laughs> I just hope to God that this the funny thing is is like we can do all the work to like create a moment in broadcast history that then that could very well be ripe with another inside joke, another sort of hashtag, if you will, of the Fizzle Show. But it's up to our audience to take it to the next level, and they've taken things like washbomb bomb, uh, like uh, like what else? What what like you know when when you, you know get I mean. comments and you know what I mean? You know what pa- I mean? Pause blocking. comments, pause blocking. Like, so would, like people like pause block in an email or something like that, and I always love that because it just shows that they. That they listen to the show and and they they may might be enjoying it as much as we are. That's kind of hard to do. But.
1: I'm just glad that I when people actually connect with it and then I don't have to feel ashamed of the ridiculous thing that we said on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Pause. Pause. Block. No. No. What was I going to do? What was what? I going to do? <laughs> you were going to pause block by saying it. I was. Gonna, uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Pause block. Pause block. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god that's amazing um no so anyways look for I, i'm i'm on the lookout now for soft tip hard tip uh uh good tips uh rich tip sort of uh inside jokes
1: and hopefully it's not offensive that's what we always have to hope you
0: know it never it never really is and even when it is it's not
1: I mean, if people don't get offense offended when when you get the uh, the bleep track off, then I guess we're good to go.
0: Boy, you know what? That just kind of start. That just happens every now and again. You
1: guys, <laughs> really? Because you know it doesn't seem to happen on broadcast television, but for some reason, on our podcast, yeah. Guys, sometimes every, every third
0: week, you're right. Most of the time, it's all right uh, on the broadcast, but sometimes it's not. You know what happens is is you get like I'll go through, I'll edit the whole podcast, I'll put in the bleeps. Right, and then I'll do an intro and an outro. Afterwards, I'll record those. Cut the intro, put that up in the front, and I might have to move things around. Now in Logic, I just click the you know thing, and I say, okay, everything to the right of my cursor, I want you to select and move back with me here. All right, so I'm going to grab everything right now. That's to the right of this cursor. Well, sometimes I think it just feels like not grabbing that, but I'll try to be more. uh, I I could have sworn. I double-checked this one, too, because there, there was a handful of, of cusses. This was an episode, which, which it was one that just, just aired last week. So it was, what was that? 42, uh, maybe? F-Z-S-H. Let's see. Wait for it. It is 42. You were right. I should have just gone with what you were talking about. Okay. Sorry, I've derailed cool. us. We're, we're, where, where were bro. we? Where were where we? Where were <laughs> we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're talking about email. Um All right, so next week we're going to be talking about what people should be sending, right? And uh, when we're talking about growing your email list, one of the most important things is what you're sending, right? Because you want to keep people on your list, and if you send really useful stuff, then the people on your list might end up telling other people to subscribe as well. So next Mm. week we're going to talk about what to send, and that's very important. And you actually sent out a good uh, tweet today, Chase, about... Uh, some tips that people had from mm-hmm. BuzzFeed for for things to send, which we'll get to next week. Today, we're just going to talk about what does it take to actually grow an email list. We're going to talk about the kinds of value that you need to provide. Uh, last week, we mentioned the word value a bunch of times and didn't ex- exactly explain what that means. So yeah. today, we're going to get into it. So um, where should we start?
0: Well, you're kind of the you're kind of the guy, Caleb. Do you have an idea on where to jump
1: in?
2: Well, do you want to start with how to get people to sign up, or do you want to save that for the end? Yeah, no,
1: I think that's I think that's kind of the meat and potatoes, right?
2: Okay, mm, let's start like with that then. So do you want to talk mm. about some of the ways that you've done it over the past five or so years you've been blogging?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So the, um, the thing that you learn, and uh, some for some people it takes months or years to figure this out, I think I went probably a year or so with having only captured maybe, I don't know, 500 email subscribers or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember in the first few months, actually, Caleb, you and I used to look at a spreadsheet every month when we were running Think Traffic of yeah. how many people subscribed and so on. And I remember um, towards the end of Think Traffic, you know, it wasn't uncommon for us to get 100 people in a day. We had days where we would get two or 300 or more people to sign up in a day. And I remember in those early months of Think Traffic that we would get maybe, I don't know, like 60 people a month or something. Um yeah. so you definitely figure things out. And it's not just about the amount of traffic that you're getting to your site. It's not as if, well, if I have 10 people today and I got one sign up, if I have, you know, a thousand, I'm gonna get whatever X number of signups. Um you have to really focus on the conversion rate in terms of how many people come to your site and how many of those end up signing up. And eventually you realize that you can't just have join my newsletter in the sidebar, which I've said a number of times now, but I just really want people to understand this. You can't just say, join my newsletter in the sidebar and expect people to sign up. You have to figure out what you can offer that's worth someone giving your email, their email address to you because there are so many things out there competing for their attention. And people are really freaked out to give out their email address because they're afraid that you're going to start spamming them. So you have to kind of gain their trust and then figure out something that's really, really valuable. Um, the the technique that led to a breakthrough for us at Think Traffic was this thing that I mentioned last week that we called the Traffic Toolbox. So, you know, I think initially I just had this idea of, hey, get updates from us as if your content is so valuable that people are just going to want to sign up to get updates from you. And sometimes that's true, but it's not true enough to drive you know hundreds of subscribers every day. Mm-hmm. with the With the Traffic Toolbox, however, we had very specific resources. So for example, in there we had something called the Ultimate Business Plan Workbook for Bloggers. And the explanation there was that a blog isn't a business and that you need to really Consider what your business model is if you want to turn a blog into an income. And we had a whole workbook that ended up being like five or six different, um, six different pages of questions that people could answer. And that was really interesting. And the way that the traffic toolbox worked was it contained all of these different resources. You entered your email in the box and then you got led to a page that had all of these different things on it that had videos, that had workbooks, it had, um, Lots of really interesting headlines, things that maybe could have been blog posts or maybe could have been full on products that we launched or individual um, ebooks and things like that. And we just included them all in that traffic toolbox. And that really creating that resource, that set of resources, and then, um, you know, tweaking the language, how we talked about it and improving the things that we included there, that all started to lead to higher and higher subscription rates. To the point where eventually, like I said, we ended up having, you know, we could, we had months with a few thousand people signing up per month to our email list.
2: Mm. Yeah. And I I have some of these stats that you're talking about. So, in, let's see, it would be April or so, March or April of 2011, you went from having an email conversion rate of around 0.7 to 1%, all the way up to 2.5% that first month out of all your visitors. So, you had 22,000 visits he converted almost two and a half percent of those people that month, which was, I mean, you, you went from, you like got 50% of your email list in that one month after a year of blogging, basically. Mm-hmm. and And you broke down like why you did this and how you did this in a post called how I tripled my email subscription rate. And so we'll put that in the show notes too.
1: And we actually have a, a post coming out, um, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but uh, a Fizzle member named John Corcoran actually ha- broke this down really well. He had a, uh overall conversion rate, and we talk about overall conversion rate, basically we mean you look at all of the visitors that come to your site in a given time period, and then how many signed up for your email list and just divide the two numbers and see what the percentage is. Um, John went from having an overall conversion rate of around 0.3%, I believe, and um, that was basically just having the typical box on his homepage that asked people to sign up for updates. He went from having that to getting a really specific offer, figuring out what value he provided. This is another thing I think a lot of people have a sort of general idea of what they're doing on their site, but they're not very specific about the value that they're bringing to their customers. And you can start to figure this out when you're going through this effort of trying to build your email list because it's really easy to put blog posts out and kind of vaguely judge based on how many comments you're getting or how many people are writing you or whatever, but it's a really uh, more accurate measure to start looking specifically at what your conversion rates are to email subscribers by offering specific giveaways Because then you start to know when you're hitting a hot button and when your audience is reacting enough that they're willing to put their email into the box. And so, John, um, by testing out a bunch of different offers, different types of free ebooks that he was giving away and different headlines, he was able to go from 0.3% up to 11% overall conversion rate. It was a, that's an increase of like 3000% or something. So, in this uh, blog post coming up, I don't know if you have the date in front of you, Caleb, when that'll be published. Um, Maybe it'll be live by the time people are listening to this. Uh, John really breaks it down step by step to say exactly what he did, what he tested, how he tested it, how he knew he was making progress. And uh, it's pretty compelling. I think it's people, you know, aren't necessarily aware that this is the kind of thing that you can systematically improve. By tweaking headlines, by tweaking what you're giving away, by tweaking the um, benefits that you're offering, all those kinds of things. Even little things like tweaking the um, cover image of the ebook that you're giving away. All these little things can add up to dramatically increasing your conversion rate. And what that means is if you go from 03 to 11%, um, that's a 30 times increase. So if you would have gotten 100 people to your email list in the course of a month, after all those conversion tweaks with the same amount of traffic, you would now get 3,000 people to sign up for your email list in a month. And that's that's a huge difference that literally translates to more sales, more customers and just h- faster growth overall.
2: And that literally. post will be out by the time this episode airs?
0: Yeah, cool. it, aired, it aired on Tuesday. It aired. It aired on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, it was published on Tuesday. Future okay. past tense.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Future past tense. We're making, we're making tomorrow's garbage today. <laughs>
1: So, so let's talk about the things that are working now that um, used to work five years ago. I mean, this whole concept, right, of giving away something of value, it still seems to be working, right? I mean, do you guys find yourself trying to get some sort of resource by entering your email address on certain sites?
2: Occasionally, um, depending on what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I tried the uh, the uh, in uh, the Unroll Me thing. Well, the the, ver- the jury's still out on that, Caleb. But so far, I got my first little thing that, and I I've, I've, there's a handful that I wanted to be in there that weren't, and so I'm kind of going back and rejiggering. Oh, you got and your first little summary more. email that they do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty cool. But uh, I don't know, Caleb. So what do you find yourself subscribing to these days?
2: Just a couple blogs, a couple friends. That's about it. And then unsubscribe from every possible store or website that I. But then, didn't how do you know? <laughs>
0: How do you remember when to buy stuff?
2: Oh, believe (laughs) me, I have (laughs) enough Bed Bath and Beyond coupons stockpiled. If I ever need to buy something, I can use them.
0: No, this is the worst. Like, there's two, there's two uh, online clothes stores that I subscribe to, Everlane and uh, Frank and Oak. And I get emails from Frank and Oak like every single day. I just never open them and just delete them. But for some reason, I won't unsubscribe because I'm like, well, then how will I know how to like what what I won't think of doing an impulse buy there when I need to do an impulse buy. You know, and it's like, and it's a relatively small, it's like a $40 shirt is a pretty good thing to impulse buy as opposed to like, I don't know, like, oh, let's get a $250 soda stream or something like that, yeah. which could very well easily be the case. Like, you know, so I'd rather, I, so it's there as, as risk mitigation for me, <laughs> but I should get get off of those. I don't know, Corbett, what was the last thing, what was the last thing you subscribed to?
1: Well, you know, we're building this, this, um, we're building Fizzle, which is a monthly subscription, um, and uh, a membership program, basically. And it has a lot of similarities to SaaS businesses, S-A-A-S, which means software as a service, which are all of those different applications that you use, like MailChimp, for example. That would be considered a SaaS, software as a service application. And there are a lot of companies now that are focusing specifically on helping SaaS businesses grow faster Mm -hmm. Um, by doing all kinds of things. Like, for example, uh, I mentioned that we use Intercom. Intercom's a way to handle customer service and to communicate with our customers directly. Um, that's a great software as a service for SaaS businesses like ourselves. It's sort of meta, right? It's a SaaS business for SaaS companies. Um, there are companies that help you manage uh, your dunning process. Uh, so there's a business called Stunning, for example, which uh, basically, helps make sure that your customers who have credit cards that are about to expire or that have expired are communicated with, and that you have the greatest chance of keeping them as customers so that they don't just leave. So there are all these different customer or companies that are doing these things in service of SaaS businesses, and a lot of them have taken to creating mini courses that basically give you the you know best aspects of what they know about how to manage those processes and. Sometimes they give you enough information that you can actually just borrow that and do it yourself. If you have the time and capabilities to program, you know, whatever it is that they're recommending. In other cases, you're going to read through that, um, mini course that they offer and end up signing up for their product because you like the way that they approach things. You like the results that they say they can get and you just want them to handle it for you. So hmm. all of these different companies are doing this these days. And it seems to be a really effective way to say, you know, whatever it is that you focus on the most, why not you know offer a free course to kind of give people a taste of the very best that you can offer and then at the end of that you get to upsell them so it's really like an email drip campaign for people who aren't ready to sign up but who are definitely interested in whatever problem it is that you're solving mm. and that, that's for saas businesses but you know there there are companies uh, or you know blogs and different sites that are doing this for all kinds of things um, another example that we have mentioned before i think simplegreensmoothies.com Uh, These are a couple of friends of ours, Jen and Jada, who run a site with hundreds of thousands of email subscribers, and basically they've amassed this email list by offering a 30-day green smoothie cleanse challenge, essentially. So if you're interested in green smoothies and what they can do for you and you want to sort of cleanse your body, then you can sign up for this challenge that they run on a regular basis and they'll send you a bunch of you know tips and tricks and strategies and sort of guide you through this challenge over time and that's been really effective for them so that's another example of something that's kind of a newer take, I think, you know, people offering these mini courses and challenges. These, this is kind of a newer take on offering value to get people to sign up. It's a little bit above and beyond the typical ebook that somebody might offer and it kind of keeps it fresh. You know, it, it makes it feel a little bit more dynamic and modern versus just offering an ebook or an email series. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. And we've done that with our 30 day challenge for just ship it. Yeah, or just ship well. it challenge
1: exactly, which we haven't promoted too heavily. But um, within a couple of weeks of offering that challenge, we had two thousand people sign up for it. So, you know, yeah. obviously people were interested.
0: Yeah, very cool, interesting. So these are all ways to get people to sign up. These are all like kind of things to think about because we want to. We I mean, there's a there's a box on a page that's asking me for an email. Right. And I'm asking myself, why would I? Why the hell do I want to do this? Yep. Like this better be value. This better be worth worth it. Why why how can this possibly be worth it to me? Having another damn thing in my inbox. When I wake up in the morning and my life's stressful enough already, there's another thing for me to think about. Do I need to just delete this? Is this but I but I want a better life, and maybe this will help me get to it, but they don't understand me, they
1: don't use my language or whatever, right? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, and to me, this is like one of the most important and sort of I don't know how to put it exactly. It's a it's a look at your overall business that's very specific. It almost, you know, we've been talking about, we have this thing called the business sketch template within Fizzle, which is basically a one-page business plan. So you look at everything that's important to your business and you put it on one page. In some ways, that email sign-up box that you're going to create is your business within one box on your website because what you're trying to do is create, And communicate enough value to people that they're willing to give you their email address. And you have to get to some specific problem. You have to find the people that might be interested in that problem, drive them to that page, and to get them to sign up. And this all, you know, usually would precede actually having a product, right? And getting people to pay for something. So if you can get someone to sign up for, um, a free course or an ebook or a challenge or something that you put together. If you can get a lot of people to sign up for that, that's a great sign. If you can't get a lot of people to sign up for that, then you have to ask yourself if building whatever product it is that you're planning to build is really smart at this point. Because it mm-hmm. seems as though if you can't b- get people to sign up for an email offer, that you're going to have a hell of a hard time selling something along the same lines. Mm.
0: I have, I have agreement with that if that's what you're wondering good good i'm glad you're sitting there i wonder what he thinks of this i'm agreeing
1: all right you're you're so calm today i don't know i don't know what to think (laughs) i
0: am so calm (laughs) you guys have no idea i'm like i'm like ron white in that story that he tells about you know when you float down a river and you're just drinking and you're in an inner tube And you're just happy as a dog in sunshine because you are floating down the river pissing on yourself. (laughs) It's only funny if you've seen his face and his delivery. It's so perfect. Anyways, I'm ready for the next topic now.
1: I love, I love you had to be there jokes. Okay, so (laughs) my bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Drink people. So we've t- so we've been talking about the different kinds of value, and I and I want to get some examples from you guys. I know that if I push you hard, you're going to come up with some other good examples, um, and maybe we can include some in the show notes because it's really useful to go out there and see what other people are offering, and to get a feel for what you like and what you don't like. I mean, one of the things that we haven't talked about right now is instead of offering value throwing obnoxious things in people's faces to get them to sign up and whether or not we agree with that or people listening to this agree with that. You know, pop-ups and pop-overs and these things that pop up when you're about to leave a website and all that kind of stuff. So there are other techniques you can yeah. use for getting people to sign up besides just providing value. And everybody listening is going to have to sort of, um, you know, evaluate which of those things are right for them. In general, we try to take an approach, you know, sort of like the golden rule approach, which is, just to create websites that we like um, and the kinds of sites that we would like to spend time on because they aren't doing all that obnoxious stuff but um, some people find that that sort of stuff is effective and you know that's cool uh, you know you can evaluate that kind of stuff on your own. So we've yeah. been talking about value that you can provide in different kinds but there's a couple of other things that we need to talk about so the first is where to put these, places that people can sign up on your website. There are all kinds of different places. So what are some clever ways that you can get that email sign-up box in front of people? And I guess that could include pop-ups and pop-overs and things like that. We can talk about those. And then after that, we should also talk about uh, another critical factor, which is how many people are you driving to the places where these email sign-up boxes exist yeah. Because you're only going to get people to sign up if you have a steady stream of qualified visitors coming to your site who might be interested in that thing that you're putting in front of them at the time. Yeah. Sound good?
0: Here's my my so the way that I would answer that is my here's my dream. Tell me if this is possible, Corbett and Caleb. Here's my dream. My dream is I uh I have solved a problem on my own. Okay, or I have identified a problem that uh, that a crew of people that I care greatly about have. So this might be, you know, uh, I might be a pro dart player, and throwing darts is real easy for me. Did you say throwing darts? That's Thro- <laughs> what we call it. Throwing. You know, I'm going down to the club to throw, baby. Um, <laughs> I think you
1: say that about horseshoes as well. Throwing shoes. Yeah.
0: I was I was slanging shoes down there. I was kicking some ass, man. I was kicking serious ass. So, anyways. Like I was saying, uh, I've identified a problem. I, I've identified a crew that I that I really fall, I really like. I want to serve them. I know this stuff real well, um, how to throw darts, right? And so I say, you know what? Here's a, an ebook. It's like I put this together with Apple's iBook author, which I just recently used, and it was the easiest thing in the whole world, and it made me think of about four hundred different books I'd love to make. Um, If you have a Mac, you've got to go use that thing because it's so much fun. And you realize, oh my God, I just exported as a PDF and then I saw it through Gumroad. This is amazing. So simple. And I realize, so I say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the ten. I work with so many people. I'm going to take the ten best tips, most common asked questions, and the ten best hot tips. Some soft top tips. You know, I'm going to save the rich tips for later, maybe. But then I'm going to put them into this into this book, whatever, ten page book, one page per tip. Big big fonts saying like, listen, hold your elbow like this. Hey, when you approach the line, this, that, and the other. Hey, remember these rules. Don't be the guy that that forgets about the rules. Whatever the top ten things are, right here, I have I've made something that literally solves someone problem. Someone's problem. It's it really will. So and I'm totally happy with giving this thing away, right? Not need not necessarily paying like charging money for it. Yep. And so now my dream is I can be. Kind of like the way that I am with Fizzle. I can be. I don't care. I will tell you about this thing if I know that if I know that it that it solves your problem (laughs) like that. I know that how. Trust me, I've given this to like fourteen people this week, and they're all just like, "Oh my God, I'm throwing so much better darts. I'm I'm throwing better." That's another slang term that we use in the dart world. (laughs) I'm throwing better, Bo. Uh, So I know it's valuable. So now I can be shameless about just getting it in front of people, right? But at the same time, like I don't, I don't like pop up. I, I go to a site that has pops up pop ups on it, and I feel like it's insulting me. That's because I am pro internet guy, and you just hope to God that I'm not in your audience because you, they, I don't have to be. A lot of other people want to they, they they need that thing, and if that doesn't pop up in their face, they won't ever see it. Even if you put it on the first thing on the page, maybe. But that's my solution to it. The way that I typically do things is I like to put a, a big box up at the top that's like, "Listen." Here's what this site's about. Here's this thing. If you're struggling with these problems, just put it in your email and you'll get it for free. I like to do that. It's always been, it's kind of traditionally been called a feature box. Um, I love that mode. I still have that on Ice to the Brim. We kind of have a, 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 a very small version of that at Fizzle and the Sparkline right now. Um, but that's, that's my, my dream is, number one, I've identified something that's super, super valuable. I've made that thing. Uh, and that's my giveaway. And then I'm saying, listen, give me your email so that I, I like I, I make stuff like this all the time. So that when I update it, I want to be able to send you the new one. And I'm going to send it right to your inbox. And then you're going to get an occasional email from me uh, that's just going to, you know, if you're a, a pro, if you're a dart player, you want to be pro, like I'm going to be helpful to you. And if you're not, you're not my target audience because, and I'm okay with you unsubscribing at any given time because I'm serving a very particular kind of person, a very particular audience. So that's my that's my dream of how I want this stuff to go, but at the same time, it's a, it's in tension with with when you when you're two me 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 look what I have look what I have get my thing get my thing get my thing even though the thing that I made is for them it solves their problem it's it's it you know it's helpful and useful for them is this is this a reality could is is this a solution is there is, is that possible Corbett
1: well I mean. I don't know if i get the the drift exactly you're saying you have this thing you want to put it in front of them you put it in a feature box and you say this this is awesome you'd need to check it out and i, I don't understand what the problem is what's the what's the rub here
0: well i was just waiting for you to say you're absolutely correct chase that oh. is the way it should go
1: that's the way it should go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> nailed it
0: whoa whoa right answer
2: I feel great, guys. So f-ing calm. But you basically said pop-ups are bad, and do a big feature box so that people see that as one of the first things when they get to your site. But then, where else should you put them? Because people are going to not come to the main page of your site. So here's you know?
0: my here's here's my idea. And by the way, pop-ups aren't bad. Pop-ups are bad for me. Pop-ups are bad for like internet people, people who like at, who like love using the internet. I want. I, I think when someone puts a pop-up on their site, that means they're takers not givers that's not necessarily true that's just my negative story that i've learned about pop-ups i think there's ways to do
2: them right and ways to do them wrong though there are the they pop up in your face everything else dims out and you have to close it to make it go away but then there are like these slide in things that we even experimented with a little bit corbett Mm -hmm. that are like when you get to the end of a post or you get to the comments it slides in on the side and then yeah it's a little less intrusive
1: Right and and so you know at the end of the day it's all about three people in my opinion. So there's you, how you feel about it. There are the the typical customer, the people that you want to sign up to your email list and how they feel about it and whether or not that's effective for them. And you have to be yeah. careful with pop-ups and things because you can attract the wrong kind of audience. You can just attract the 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 people who are like, "Ah, something's in my face. I must enter my email address," you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there are those kinds of people. Um, So you have to make sure you're tracking the right ones. But the third kind of people are the influencers. And this is something that people don't think about very much when they're throwing up pop-ups and things like that. The question is, who are the people in your industry that you want to gain the respect of so that they feel good about recommending you to their audience? And when they come to your site... What are they going to think about this big, ugly thing in their face that they have to close when they're just trying to check out your content to see if it's good enough because someone said that, hey, you should check out Fizzle. It's a good site. You know, one of the worst
2: things is when you're on a phone and it's not mobile friendly and you have to like scroll all over just to find the X. And sometimes you can't. And so you just leave.
0: God, that's the worst. Oh, and you can't, like half the time, you can't do it. You can't actually close the thing because it goes off. uh, Like the site is responsive, but the pop up plugin they're using is not. Yep. So it just ruins everything. So but I don't want to make this about pop-ups. No. Screw pop-ups. I don't care. I don't give a shit. But what I do want to identify is who your people are, making something that they really dig and then getting it in front of them, being shameless about getting it in front of them and being really clear about it. And that's why I like the idea of of so for for me it was always I put it on the home page right at the feature box. Because most of the time people aren't landing on the home page. By and large, by a, by a massive majority, people are landing on a blog post from a tweet, from an email, from someone, you know, social media, something or other. So this, that and the other SEO, a search result. They're landing on, on blog posts and I want them to go straight to the headline for the thing they were searching for, straight to the headline for the thing that that tweet was promoting to them and saying, this is what this article talks about. I wanted to make it be a seamless thing between here and there. Mm-hmm. Right. So that so that it's about them. Then maybe, you know, in the sidebar, there's some stuff. But it, it, the trend is very minimal now with sidebars. You know, everybody else is doing that, too. It's just something that we've all gotten attracted to. It's just a really clean, clean, targeted focus like this. I'm, if I land on a, if you land on a sparkline blog post, what happens is you're talking about a single thing, and that is the blog post there's there's very little there to distract you away from the blog post intentionally those everything else is dark and the, the blog post is light right but then people click around they click either to the home page or they click to the about page and on both of those pages you will find places to actually on our the the home page is just about fizzle it's just, you know, go and sign up for Fizzle, which always feels a little like, is this right? I don't know. But it's it's the best way because we, we didn't, well,
2: there wasn't a blog here previously. Yeah, it's a, and yeah, it's a little it's unique up. in that it was just our program. Before.
0: Well,
1: except yeah. that it's not unique if you look at every other product or yeah. piece of software on the internet.
0: It may, and it makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't want to have home like, oh, look, we have this thing and we have a blog. I mean, maybe I would. It's certainly worth exploring. But anyways, the point being, they they click around. They go to the home page and they go to the about page. Those are the two pages that they. And and that's why I always, I mean, in the in the essentials of design course on Fizzle, which is really it's really solid. It goes through all of this stuff um, and. I like keeping the navigation extremely minimal for this one purpose is because everybody, when they land on your post, and they like what you're doing. They, they, It's likely, if they like what's happening here, that they click to the home or the about page and that's where you get them. That's where they say, like, you know what? This continues to impress me. It continues to feel trustworthy. Confin- con- the, because the design, everything feels right. The, t- the copy, most importantly, it sounds like they know who I am and what I actually struggle with. It sounds like I'll get what I want out of this site. And so the homepage and the, and the about page, all of the language there uh, serves that purpose and then also asks. says, listen, this is what we have. This is what we have for you. Get it. And then you'll get on the list of this, that, and the other. And then I think it's also common, you put a box at the end of the, of the post. Hey, did you like that? I don't have any problem with saying, hey, did you like that? Check this out. Click the button. Get it, get, get it every week that we, sh- we ship it out to you. Piping hot. I used to be a designer for a living. You know how long it's been since I've designed something?
2: Hmm, about I don't know. a week or two.
0: Well, I guess it, it doesn't. It depends. I've been <laughs> doing a lot of Facebook images. <laughs> I've been having a blast with those, by the way. Just trying a different typeface in each one, and and uh, trying to make it look because I got a, I got a bunch of great fonts, and I just kind of want to have an excuse to use them. It's been fun. Well, and See, yeah. if you, if you don't you know, started
2: a Pinterest account too?
0: I just started up. I just fucking started Pinteresting, guys. Jesus. Is that the word? Is that the verb use? P P-tri- P Tristing. That's what the kids are calling. It. Oh yo, I'm a been P Tristan. I've been P. Tristan, dog. That's my urban language.
1: All right. We just lost our urban
0: audience. <laughs> our urgent contingency. Did we ever figure out is it contingent or contingency? We lost contingent. the Contingent. Uh, contingent. You're right. <laughs> How could I be so crazy? You know, one site that I'm looking at right now, Kissmetrics, the Kissmetrics blog. So blog.kissmetrics.com. I like the way that they're doing things. And who knows what this looks like in the future when you're listening to this, maybe. But um, right now, and they didn't always have this guide available. At the end of each post, they have like a guide available. And this is the Marketer's Guide to LinkedIn. And then on the sidebar, they're promoting a webinar that happens in time. It makes me think of like, wow, there's actually a lot of option to promote different things. Mm -hmm. So we might have an audience that comes relatively often because they follow on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest. They've been Pinteresting uh, and they find us Pinteresting. (laughs) And so they click on the Pinterest, Pinterest boards. Um, I'm turning into my father. This is really, really, this is really bad. It's very bad. Uh, but anyways, they have a marketer's guide to LinkedIn, just a little book. It's, it's subtle, and it's just a big button that says get the free download now. And when you click that, it'll take you to a thing where you fill out a whole lot of freaking, wow, first name, last name, email, company, company size, company type, company website, phone. Would you like a demo of Kissmetrics? Wow, that's a lot. That's like some, that's some uh, enterprise stuff. That's what we used to do in enterprise, because like enterprise people, they won't sign up unless there's a bunch of forms. On there, which is the
2: opposite of the regular person online. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to be talking about? Our list of phone numbers, because that's a big part of our business.
0: Yeah, I mean we don't take (laughs) we don't take inquiries from people unless they have a phone number included in their in their email signature and some sort of legal disclaimer.
1: (laughs) So, okay. So all right. So we've talked about some places to put things, and uh, we talked about the <laughs> the homepage. We talked about pop ups. We talked about the sidebar, the end of blog posts. There are all kinds of different places you can put things. And um, I think what we've found in the past is that it's a good idea to have options for people to sign up for your email list in a handful of different places. You don't necessarily have to go overboard and have it on you know every square inch of your site. But when we had sign up forms spread throughout the site or when we do we find that people sign up in all kinds of different places it's not like one of them yeah. accounts for 95% it's like you know the biggest at think traffic the the biggest place was probably about 20 or 25% that was probably the feature box the yeah. end of blog post um, sign up box was another really big one that was probably 25% or so, but yep. you know, the about page drove some and all kinds of different pages that we had, the sign up box would end up contributing a little bit and all of that together added up to a whole lot. And I know, I know you said it, you know, that when people really like what you're doing, they're going to click through to the about page and the homepage and they're going to end up signing up. But I don't know that that's completely true because I find myself, you know, when I go to a kiss metrics or An intercom or something like that. I'm just reading a blog post, and the inclination might be like, you know how it is. You're like reading a blog post, and it's like, oh, squirrel, like somebody tweeted something, and you got to just move off. But if you happen to be on that blog post and there's something in the sidebar about some really cool free course or ebook or something, you might just sign up there before you dash off to the next thing.
0: So, yeah, and that makes it makes sense. It's interesting. I mean, in some ways it's it's also like you landing on play whenever I land on something like the blog of a company that I don't know about, if they if two two things happen. Number one, if the design feels like it's not weird. Like it's just like, "Oh, this is trusty. Like this isn't a piece of crap. It's not just a standard, you know, theme and they they put a little love and care into it and it's also very, you know, it's minimal and and clearly they they they're people of the internet. If that's true and then Almost more importantly though, if I really dig the tone of voice that they have, like the kinds of things that they're saying mm-hmm. in the post, then I'm like, all right, what's going on? For me, naturally, just because I'm like, oh, who are these people? What are they building? And, and do I need to know about it? Am I missing out on something here? Uh, and maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe they're just like cool people. And I have friendships with people that my relationship with them started that way, you know? Uh, so I think it's, you know, there it is. I found it. It's the first one I've heard. I'm sure there has been twenty so far, but now it's time to start drinking, folks. <laughs> you go from sipping beers to taking shots now. <laughs> but um, so, I, but you're right. You're right, actually. Uh, I, for me, and it, it's it, it, and it points to an interesting kind of confirmation bias that we all have. We all try to treat the web the way that we treat the web, <laughs>
1: you know, or that we, the way the way that we want the web to treat us, well, <laughs> or that, something. That really sounds like a marriage is what brings us (laughs) together the web tweets us the way we want the web to tweet us (laughs) web design brings us here today
2: (laughs) that's good so corby you mentioned something that i want to go back on you mentioned tracking where people are signing up on Mm -hmm. your website and i want to talk a little bit about how to track that and like different ways you can do it because there's two main ones that I found at least with Aweber, uh, having switched to MailChimp, I don't know if these ways work. Uh, you'll have to tell me if they do. But one of them is to make different forms and name them differently. So, have one form called About Page, one form called Sidebar, and those types of things. So that when you put in the code, it's this very specific code that you're putting on your website. So you can track just that form to see how that one form performs. But then also with everyone that signs up, they also get tagged with what page on your website they signed up on. Unless you're manually uploading a list of people, they get tagged with that page. So you can look each way. But one thing that was really interesting to me was on my about page, I would have three opt-in forms because the about page is long. And so if each one of those was a different form that I made in AWeber, then I could see, okay... 80% 80% of the signups for my about page were from that very first form and barely anywhere from the very last form. So it's like, do I really need to have three on there or is it redundant? Mm-hmm. So like these are the kinds of things you do on different pages, specifically pages that get you the most traffic. But, you know, knowing how to track them and how to set it up so that you can just set it up on one time and then come back in a few months and actually have some data for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, some email providers like Aweber have some of that built in. Some of them track it automatically. With MailChimp, we explicitly send a code that represents the form or the page that people signed up from uh, so that that gets tagged for everyone who signs up. Mm-hmm. Another place to track it, though, would be in Google Analytics or Clicky or whatever stats program you use. You can set different goals, different conversion mm-hmm. goals that you have, one of them being um, you know, just people who sign up for your email list, and then you can just track any page that they sign up from. It wouldn't tell you which form they signed up from, so that's where you would need to send that data specifically to your um, email list Yeah, and it can track
2: that because there's a confirmation page. Right. So I'm actually on Squarespace now, and they have MailChimp forms built right into Squarespace, and so you just click Submit, and it doesn't take you to another page. Mm -hmm. It just says, like, thanks or whatever, or you can customize it, obviously. But yeah. it doesn't have that confirmation page, so that's having switched to Mailchimp now. I'm curious mm. how it would track which page that stuff's coming from, unless I set something up.
1: Yeah, and that's or, yeah,
0: or you customize it. Just do your own little.
2: Yeah,
1: little that's what we're yeah. doing. We're, we customized there. it with the API.
2: So yeah,
0: yeah, and so like some of the places that people are signing up for us are the subscribe page, the sidebar, a lot of subscribe pages since we've implemented the. Uh, The like sort of halfway feature box at the top and bottom of the of the slash sparkline page. Mm -hmm. A lot of sidebar about top because there's two on the about page, so I have them segmented as about top and about bottom. Uh, The subscribe page about top sidebar sidebar. Mm, Yeah. Looks like just all, everything's sort of split up between. And this isn't counting like the members. Members don't come in with the tracking of where they got it. It's just I can see that they're a member, right? You know, right? And because they're signing up on the homepage. And
2: we specifically um, changed how aggressive we were about getting email subscribers when we switched from Think Traffic to the Sparkline. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah and, yeah and it's yeah, and, it. and
1: it's in flux, I think,
2: because basically what we decided
1: yeah. was we were going to start with a clean slate, let's focus on getting the concept of the site nailed, getting the content we're putting out nailed, and now we're starting to go back and kind of layer in different email opt in offers and and partly yeah. that's because what we offered at think traffic with the traffic toolbox and the specific things that were contained there those aren't necessarily exactly right for um for fizzle people. And so we wanted to sort of reconsider that and create some new stuff. And now that Chase has gotten his feet wet with iBooks author, whatever he called it, I mm-hmm. think maybe a, a new ebook will be in the works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's tra- it's taught me a lot this last season. I mean since we switched over to MailChimp and since we did th- switch over to just the the Sparkline instead of think traffic to move everything under the Fizzle brand. It's been a real tough like it's been awesome because it's been our cohesive cool brand it represents a lot to us it represents to a lot a lot to other people i mean it's kind of my dream for this thing is it makes people want to be independent business people it makes people see that they can be that right so there's a lot of good stuff going on but at the same time our email list has been hemorrhaging the way that it kind of always does you're you're always losing people I mean when you're at a list of like 40,000 people you're gonna be losing hundreds hundreds of, of subscribers every single time you send out an email and the question is is every week are you gaining that many and or and more so that your list kind of keeps going up and ours I'll be honest about it. It, it hasn't. I mean, it, it's gotten, now it's getting to the point where it's like, it's closed. And, and so the mindset for me has, it's been a lot, it, it's kind of screwed with me for a while. So for a while there, I was like, okay, I got to write, we got to write better stuff. I got to make more clickable headlines. we got to do this, that, and the other. Cause I'd never dealt with, I'd never owned this, this, you know, these kind of numbers before,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But so that, that's exactly what this past hour has been about, which is you can't expect to just write better headlines and magically drive people to your email list. Really Uh what has to happen is the offer that you put in front of people has to be in the right place and it has to be compelling enough to get them to click so that a higher percentage of people who are coming to your blog posts click through. Because you know what, what you're saying is basically we have the same amount of traffic coming to the fizzle site Via our blog posts are pretty close yeah. to what we had at Think Traffic, mm-hmm. but fewer people are subscribing as an overall percentage because we don't have that compelling traffic toolbox giveaway kind of thing like we had yeah. before, and that's something that we're we're and working we don't have on. A we're feature box
2: about. on our homepage. Exactly. Yeah, which is another big and, place.
0: But it's a, it's like think about it this way though. This is something that it's taught me. It's taught me something super valuable. And, and it's that, you know what? If we wanted people to sign up for our email list, we could make that happen in a second. Like, we could go say that we have naked pictures of 85 celebrities and list them off and have a bunch of, you know, saluty looking things going on and this, that, and the other. And people would like, say, hey, for an email, you could send this to me. That's fine. Like, we could grow, we would grow by thousands a day. By thousands a day. Right? And what, for what? What would we be able to get from those people? Nothing. They would, they would be exactly worth nothing to us unless we went and took their email address and sold it i'm sure there's ways to do that i'm glad i don't know how but um the truth is the much harder thing is to disengage from like okay quit looking at the numbers and look at start looking at the people and realize we have people that are are probably going to be if they're not buying fizzle now they will later Weird. We're, our our list is getting smaller and tighter and stronger. But and is the
1: but the, those things aren't mutually exclusive. I think that's kind of a red herring to say we could post naked pictures of Justin Bieber. Of course we could do that. But
0: we. I didn't say Bieber. I would never do that to the bees. But,
1: but we could also create a giveaway of something that's very relevant to what Fizzle is. Sure. And drive people that way. And knowing that they're interested in that thing, which will probably mean that they're interested in Fizzle as well. And that's what totally. We're, that's and so what we're I'm not using to.
0: it. I think you're right. It's not mutually exclusive, but it's just a, it was a helpful mindset for me realizing right. that it's not about those numbers, not even about at all. It's about a much longer goal mm-hmm. of of relationship and and sort of impact and sort of give and take over time with with these folks. And that's where you're exactly right. So let the giveaway, let the thing that you make for these people promote the heart and direction of. Of the business, instead of what's just going to get more people to sign up, because yeah, that might not it, be very valuable in the end. Totally, you know, it, having a, a million people on a list that you can't sell a thing to, you know,
1: yep, it can it can easily become a vanity metric depending on the kinds of people that you're attracting. So absolutely, um, and you know, I guess the the rubber meets the road when you try to get your email list to do something, you know, to show up somewhere, um, exactly, to register for yeah. something, to actually purchase something from you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just really quickly, the last thing that we were going to talk about is uh, the the extra factor of how many people are you driving to see these pages that you're putting in front of them, the sign-up boxes that you're putting in front of them, and also something that we haven't talked about yet at all are the con- is the concept of a landing page, which is a page that's very specifically focused on. Accomplishing one outcome or getting your audience to take one action. So if someone lands on a blog post, you know, they're distracted by your logo, your navigation, your sidebar, a bunch of links in the blog post, the comments down below, your footer, all kinds of stuff. There are like 50 options of things that they can click on and leave um, that page. A landing page, on the other hand, is something that has a minimal or no navigation, very minimal header. No sidebar, probably very minimal footer, and probably no links within the post or anything that people can do aside from the main action that you want them to accomplish mm-hmm. so it's a it's really sort of a, a squeeze page is another word for it because you're squeezing people towards one specific outcome um, oh squeeze. Ooh. And what you'll find is that, you know, it might be normal for an, a site overall, if you include all the different pages in the blog and whatever, to have an overall conversion rate of like half a percent or something. But with a landing page, even a very simple one, like people can go look at our Just Ship It challenge. We'll include a link in the show notes here. Um, if you go look at the Just Ship It challenge page, it's very simple. It's just text on a page with a sign-up box at the end. But it's specific and it tells people a story and um, you know, basically offers them this challenge that they can take over the course of 30 days to help them build and launch a new product. And a simple page like that, instead of having a conversion rate of a half a percent or one percent or whatever, like you might have overall, that page actually has a 63% conversion rate. So of everyone that sees that page, 63% of people end up entering their email address in the box there. So, (laughs) I'll be damned. So, you can take this one step further, and you can imagine if that's so powerful, right? If it's so effective, if you drive people to that page, then you probably want to drive as many people to that kind of page as you can. And that's where this whole concept of where are you getting the traffic from and where are you sending it uh, comes into play. And, And that's where guest posting and these other things can be effective, especially if you send those people. Uh, from the link in your bio on a guest post for example to a specific landing page with some kind of um, you know direct offer
2: hmm
0: I like that I have nothing to add right it is a good it is a good example of a, of a landing page just because you'll notice I mean it does it just tells a story it's not sleazy it's focused I mean I think you you, you get so used to seeing all these crappy landing pages out there that are that are so clearly just like just greasing you towards some big buy now button you know that and they are all the same buy now button that they all get from whatever click track or whoever whatever the yellow one with their, the red
2: arrow circling yeah, it with the Visa, so, it, Mastercard, and Amex every underneath.
0: one yeah. of them same one and uh that's fine whatever uh it's but it it, it is a, a wildly effective tool amen (laughs) that's all i got that's all you got hey listen i found a a a link on mailchimp they did this they did this great story on like i think it's like 40 million emails and the results from them on what makes a great subject line oh cool uh so i want to put that in the show notes it's it's weird it's not what you think it's really like you're like that is that it? That's, and it. That, and that's, that's what, easy. And that's
1: what we're going to talk about next week, right? We're going to talk about what to send and how often and all that kind of stuff, right?
0: Sure. Yep. Absolutely. For you, anything. Perfect. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, Kevin.
2: All right, guys. Anything else to add? Caleb, you got anything else? Yeah. So a contingency is a future event or circumstance that is possible ah. but cannot be predicted with certainty. And a contingent is also an adjective, but the noun version is a group of people united by some common feature
0: hello and welcome again to another episode of words with logic i am caleb logic as always your host and today the crazy popular i wish i could i don't know what that person would say about that too often are people making this common grammatical error today we clear that up on words with logic someone did that
2: already it's called grammar girl i'm sure she did one on this exact topic too
0: oh hey yo
1: but grammar Um, girl isn't words with Wagic. come on
2: no, it's not yeah. Not at Nothing all. Is. So,
0: Corbett, you did mention companies that are doing interesting things with email. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mentioned we mentioned Twitter's sort of roundup emails last week. It's one that comes to mind though when they're like, hey, here's what they're doing is they're being intelligent about the people that you're following. And they're saying, Oh, look at this. You know, ten percent of the people that you follow all either retweeted this or favored the tweet to this link. So it's not even about the tweets so much. I mean, there are some tweets being favorited that are just about the tweet that don't have a link in there, but they're also being intelligent about the links. Um, I found that I always, like I said last last episode, I find those to be weirdly interesting and and valuable. Like, like I'm like, oh, wow, I got to look at that. I'll keep it in my inbox even until I get a chance to look at it. You
2: could almost just use Twitter like that. So have yeah. 100, 200 people you follow on a Twitter account that's just random like some name you don't actually use and then just use the weekly stuff to stay informed on what everyone's sharing in a certain industry or something
0: it's true by the way there is still an easter egg out there from an old episode that is i set up like a whole twitter account for this thing uh and nobody's found it yet what not even not even you guys yeah what no
2: (laughs) does it have anything to do with throwing meat up
0: no oh remember that one yeah what was the throwing meat up one throwing meat up
2: we were talking about throwing meats up throwing, like, throwing, having a, throwing, throwing a meet up
0: throwing a meet up <laughs> and then another company that, that like even though they might be the bane of the internet they might be the savior of it but buzzfeed they really do like have emails that are you're going to click things when you open up their email you absolutely will they're i don't know if it's voodoo or if they're just like, no, people like this. Let's make things with this kind of stuff in it because people like it. Those are two companies that I would be looking at and like, why, why, and asking yourself, why am I clicking this link? Like, why am I curious about this headline? What about the way that this this relationship that I have with this person or this company makes
2: me kind of curious about clicking this link? It's
1: naked Justin Bieber. It's, it's
2: naked beeves, bro. It's the naked Biebs. Well, the emails that I've really liked recently are from services like Instapaper or Medium, where it's like, these are the top posts this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure I like you guys get media. some of those. Yep. And it's like, well, I want to read what's most popular and what everyone's been sharing because it's got to be one of the better things instead of me just going and finding random stuff on there. So if you run oh, don't some don't short sort sell of yourself. You find like great
0: that. random stuff. Come on.
2: I, I would. I would hope so.
0: You do. You're one of the. You're one of the classic good finders of random things. Uh, that's working today. You
1: really are. Your mama raised you right.
0: You raised you real right. I like this story in my head that just formed of uh, Caleb <laughs> being raised by like by absent parents, but he he had an African American sort of uh like like mother figure in his life mm-hmm. and she gave him all of his advice about how to do the- oh caleb you ain't ne- <laughs> you don't ever put butter on toast like that boy
2: <laughs> now i'm picturing karina karina with whoopi goldberg
0: <laughs> yeah it was mostly that it was totally that or That's- the jerk yeah oh the jerk i was raised never mind
2: i have been chase Wardman reeves i've been corbett Barr. and i've been caleb logic
0: I will see you there. I'll see you on another time.
1: We'll see you in words with logic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it, the jerk. In the show notes for you today, I've got a bunch of goodies, including a link to the eight things that BuzzFeed's newsletter editor does to keep his emails sticky. You're going to find that and more at fizzleshow.co slash 45. That's F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 45. That's where you're going to find the show notes for this episode. You will uh, actually also see a link there to our 30-day Just Ship It Challenge. We haven't talked much about this, but uh, that'll walk you through this. Creating, launching, and selling a new product or service online in the next 30 days. If you're serious about your idea, I think you should do this. It's free. It literally doesn't cost anything. You can just click cancel if you don't want to get any more emails. If you liked this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. iTunes. You found the show. Now help others to do the same by searching for the show in iTunes and clicking write a review. Here's one from Scott Anthony Barlow of HappenToYourCareer.com. Scott says, this is the only show I listen to every week and you should too. I can't get enough, mostly because every time I tune in, I can't stop laughing. And by the end, I always have something to apply to my business. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it, man. Listen, email is tough. My favorite bit from this show was kind of like realizing the fact that, yes, you could grow your email list insanely by doing dumb stuff like nudie pics or whatever. And those big numbers would never buy a thing from you. They would actually actually be worthless to have that many people on your list if you build it that way. I find that balance between the quantity and quality hard to manage sort of emotionally when you're making things online. So I hope you do a better job. And if you struggle with it, hey, at least you know you're not alone. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.